All right. So my guest in studio today is Travis Tilton. Travis is the owner of Alpha's Gym in Highland, and he's in the Northtown area. For those of you that are familiar with Highland, he'll be right behind the Mazios and next to Ruler Foods in that strip mall there where Glicks is. Travis, how you doing? Doing very well. Thank you for having me. So let's just jump right in with what brought you to Highland? Well, I was always near Highland. I've lived in Trenton for, I think, 18 years. And during that time, I just missed having a good old-fashioned California-style iron church to go work out in. That's what did it. So uh, there came time to sort of change careers. I've always wanted to own a gym. I like the idea of fitness. Uh, so Highland was top of my list of places that I thought could use what I had in mind. So that's what brought me here. But I've always been around Highland for a long, long time. So what was the vision for Alphas? People sort of project what they like. You know, if you like M&Ms, you think everybody likes M&Ms. You know, if you like plain M&Ms, you think everybody likes plain M&Ms. I like that good old fashioned style Iron Church and I love boxing. So, of course, everybody likes good old-fashioned iron gyms with boxing. So that's what I created. It's one of those places that doesn't have treadmills. It doesn't have TVs on the wall. You know, it doesn't have a smoothie bar. You know, it's a, it's a place where people go in and work hard because that's what I appreciate. That's what I sort of projected on uh, to what I wanted. The other way of saying it is, you know, if I got the chance to build my own ultimate gym, what would I want? And maybe I'll get a few hundred friends to come work out with me. That's how it sort of turned out. So I noticed when you first moved in there that your sign says alphas, and then underneath you have a tagline, lifting, boxing, and tribe. Tell us a little bit about that. So the, the lifting and boxing, that's self-explanatory, but I wanted to do something that, that set us apart. And I keep saying it, that California-style iron church, uh, what I grew up with was if you hit a, a PR on a deadlift or something, you would jump on a bench and you'd play air guitar. It's a social function. That's where the tribe comes in. Not a lot of us, you know, want to go to the bars. You know, we get tired of our work people. It's a place to socialize, you know, to really get to know each other, to support each other, to see people making progress. It's a key component to any kind of a gym. The fact of the matter is you could lay on a floor and get in good shape. You could do push-ups and crunches, but that doesn't motivate. You know, that doesn't make it interesting. Making new friends, being around like-minded people, being around people, you know, talking about how they're starting to eat healthy, talking about how they're losing weight, talking about how they're getting stronger. You've got to bring that in to a facility to be successful. And it's one of my top concerns. And that's why I made it to the tagline of tribe. I wanted to do pack because we sort of have the wolf theme going, but I just couldn't make pack work in my head. So it's tribe. Oftentimes when you're trying to lose weight or stick with an exercise plan, the accountability is the biggest part of it. And so you could get into whatever system or whatever fad diet that you're trying. But if you don't have that accountability from somebody, which it sounds like people have when they go to alphas. I try to the best of my ability. I call them, I stole it from South Park, accountability buddy. You know, everybody should have an accountability buddy. Someone who could sort of ride their butt if they've missed a week. Someone who could say, hey, it's five minutes till class time. Where are you? It makes a world of difference. It's so easy after work, once you sit on the couch, that couch gets so comfortable, it's hard to get up, it's hard to set your alarm at 4.15 in the morning to make a five o'clock class. If you have friends waiting for you, it makes all the difference in the world. And that's just what needs to happen for anyone to be successful. It's hard to do it on your own. So since we met, I've been talking to a lot of people about the gym, just letting people know it's there, letting them know about you. 
And one of the things that often comes up is, well, I don't, I'm not a boxer. I don't do boxing. So what, <laughs> what would you say for that, for the person who hears boxing gym, how, how is the typical boxing gym that we've all heard about over the years different from what you're doing at Alpha's? Sure. So I would, I would call us a starter gym. Um, there's, there's, different levels of what you say a boxing gym. I like nine round fitness. There's other things that are, that are similar. A nine round fitness, just as an example, uh, you would walk in there, you're going to hit a heavy bag, you're going to hit a speed bag, you're going to do crunches and things like that. There's no contact. No one's throwing punches at your face. You're not slipping any punches or anything like that. On the other end of the spectrum is a Knuckles or a Finney's or a Belleville boxing where you suit up on day one in headgear and they throw you to the wolves and you're going to get a bloody nose and your ribs are going to be sore. We're right in the middle of that. You know, we're a place where you can come in. We're going to burn a ton of calories. You're going to learn to keep your hands up. You're going to learn technique, have a lot of fun. You might puke because it's so hard, but you're not going to get punched. Okay. Now, as your technique develops, as you learn to keep your hands up and how to move around a ring the right way, we do have the opportunity for some educational or touch sparring. You know, if you want to actually put on headgear, see some punches heading your way, nobody's in danger, nobody's going to get hurt, but you can see how truly exhausting boxing is. People think they're in shape. They're not in boxing shape. And it's an opportunity, and I love to see it, for people 30 seconds into a round uh, to just want to drop to the floor because it's so tiring. Now, if they enjoy that and they want to progress from there and fight amateurs, you know, just become an actual boxer, I would hand them off to a Knuckles or a Finney's or a Belleville Boxing or someplace like that. But the last thing I want, like the way I learned, was just being thrown to the wolves. That's the last thing I want to do to somebody. So now when they walk into one of those places, they have some skills. You know, they can protect themselves. They know how to slip and roll and move around and not just be a sitting duck. So that's why I consider us a starter gym. So what does it look like, you know, for somebody like me, you know, 45-year-old guy that comes in in halfway decent shape, but definitely not a boxer, has never boxed, has never put on gloves. You know, what what can that look like? How can I progress through as far as I know you have the classes and things like that? Yeah, you answered it. Fitness classes. Those boxing classes that we've got, uh, they're usually 45 minutes long. The weekend classes are an hour. It's going to go by real, real fast. That's going to be a real fast 45 minutes. Uh, but again, I average probably two people a week throwing up in the bathroom because it's so intense. Okay. You've got to learn to breathe. You've got to learn to move. You're going to be throwing a thousand punches. You're going to burn about a thousand calories. Uh, they're rough classes. It is by far the toughest class in Highland. There's not even one that's second close. If you can get through a boxing class without quitting, and it's totally fine to quit, take yourself out of class, sit down, get your air, come back in. Everybody does it. It's not a big deal. But for those that don't have to, that are actually working hard, they're at another level of fitness. And it's going to take a while to get there. So if you walk in on day one, you might get tired in the warmups. That's just how it goes. A simple warm-up can gas a lot of people. Okay, Don't think twice about it. I've been there. Everybody's been there. Drenched with sweat. Can't keep your arms up. You're dizzy from the exhaustion. Buddy, you keep going. Okay, And the next time you come in, you last a little bit longer. And the next time you come in, you last a little bit longer. That's where progression happens. That's how you start to hit goals. When you look at uh, your schedule, tell tell the listeners a little bit about that. How does the schedule of the gym fit that? You know, when are the classes? Um, what hours of the day can I come in? So the gym itself is 24-7. So, you know, please don't, 
once you make a class or two, you'll learn how to hit a heavy bag. You know, the people that stand in front of a heavy bag don't move, just throw the same combinations one at a time. They just haven't learned yet. Okay, so the gym itself is 24-7. Uh, all the different bags are sitting there waiting. So if you can't make a class, you can still get a warm-up. We still got the bikes. We still got the rowers. We still got everything you knew, battle ropes, wall ball throws, all that. Now, we're running about, I want to say, 18 classes a week. I haven't double-checked that in a while, but it's could be 17, could be 20. I'm not sure. Probably around 18. They go every day except Friday. Everybody needs a day off, but we've got classes on the weekend as well. I ask people to come in at least 10 minutes early if they're new so I can wrap their hands, you know, talk to them a little bit about what the punch numbers are, get their stance all squared away a little bit. Uh, but other than that, you just pick a bag, you know, get ready, follow along. I do tell new people that there's always going to be experienced people in the class. And if you have a question and I'm working with somebody else, just look to your left or look to your right. Somebody's going to be doing it correctly. And when you see people throwing like a one, two, three combination, a one, six, three, two combination, whatever it might be, how to slip, what a roll looks like, just follow along. You know, a lot of times it's somewhat jumping into the deep end of a pool, but that's what makes it awesome. It doesn't take skill to run on a treadmill. You know, it doesn't take skills to do a pushup. It takes skill to box. It takes skills and no skills come easily that are worth learning. Do you have a requirement for uh, age? The, what's the youngest and how's that work? So 12 is right at that borderline. Uh, and I, I almost have to look at that 12 year old. If there are a 12 year old that hasn't started entering the manhood phase of being you know, a preteen, uh, I would prefer they not. We have a kid's class that they can join. Uh, some 12 year olds are athletic. They've been playing baseball for a long time. You know, they're just naturally athletic kids. They come from those kind of a family. They're more than welcome to hit the adult classes. 13, 14, 15, all the way up, they belong in adult class. But 12-year-old is where that line sort of develops a little bit. Same with females. You know, some girls, they're just athletic tomboys and they want to go hit stuff. You know, they're more than welcome. We have more women in classes than we do by men. Uh, it's probably like a four to five ratio. So for every five people in class, four women, that's just how it goes. So the 13, 14, 15-year-olds, they just come in with a parent to get started basically and meet with you and then they can kind of go from there depending on their situation. Yeah. Not only that, um, most of the 13, 14, 15 year olds, their mom or dad works out right next to them. So they're getting the workout at the same time. I've got probably a half dozen, at least of those kind of family setups. I don't want to drop names, but yeah, it, I'm just, they're all, they're all flashing in my head right now with who I am. And I'm smiling about it right now. So you, you watch, you know, dad a with daughter a walking in, you know, I sort of clear space that they're going to be together on the bags and things like that. And it's always just kind of fun. And it's look in my coaching style, a small bit of fun heckling sort of goes with it a little bit. Come on, dad, your daughter's doing burpees. Why aren't you doing burpees? You know, come on, dad, your, your son's five pushups ahead of you. Get rolling. It makes it fun. So I see also you have the boot camp classes. What are those all about? So uh, I, I borrowed uh, the boot camp classes from CrossFit. Um, I hugely respect what they do. I respect tough fitness regiments. And CrossFit's right at the top of the list that if you can CrossFit, you can do just about anything. A lot of people are boxing right now. They're still members of the Edwardsville CrossFit gym, the Breeze CrossFit gym, uh, and they're in shape. You know, no knock at all. They just want to do something different. You know, that's they're just branching out. And I'm hugely supportive. But like any business, you see what works and you borrow what works. So the idea of CrossFit is you walk in and there's a workout on the board and they're all doing the workout either individually or as a group, depending on what that setup of the day is. So I wanted to borrow that same thing. Not everybody wants to, to punch 
a thousand times a day. You know, they want to start doing something different. And the gym does have the battle ropes and the wall ball throws and the step ups and the kettlebell work and the only lifts and everything else. So why not just borrow one day a week what CrossFit does and give the members an opportunity just to do something different? So they walk in Tuesdays only and everybody can just do the same workout. The reason we do it only on Tuesdays is people were starting to get a little bit confused. Okay, is Wednesday at five boot camp or is that boxing? Thursday at noon, is that boot camp or is that boxing? So I just said, okay, Tuesday. If you came in on Tuesday, we're going to be doing boot camps. End of story. So is it the case that I guess most people, if, they're, if they aren't the tried and true uh, weightlifter per se, and they come in, they can actually get educated as they go and get to that point to where they're self-sufficient. They can come in and do their own workout and, you know, they'll learn the different machines, the different equipment as they go. So just part of a membership. And again, because we are alphas and that means something, uh, most of the people that come through the door and only want to lift weights, we've got a great full size gym because it's alphas. Most of them already have experience. They've lifted somewhere before and they don't need me. They say, get out of my way. Where's my workout? You know, that's all they want to do. There are exceptions, of course. And anytime you join, uh, it's just part of your membership that I'll do a nice half hour, 45 minute orientation. In fact, I've got one at seven o'clock tonight, taking this nice young lady through the gym and showing her how everything works. What I can also do is get her sort of a starter workout program. You know, if she comes in, when you work on arms, do these two exercises, you work on back, do these two exercises, the most effective, the easiest exercises right on down the line for every body part. So again, we're going to be doing that tonight. Now, what I do also say is the internet's your friend. There's a lot of really great resources out there. Musclesonfitness.com, bodybuilder.com, shape, uh, men's health. There's so many different places you can go to answer the question, how can I get better looking shoulders? How do I get rid of my lunch lady arms? Okay. You don't need me. You know, just find a fitness influencer that you believe in that talks nutrition, that talks good health and follow along what they do. This is the internet age. I mean, there's people a hell of a lot more smarter than me, experienced than me, better than me at getting people in shape. Go do what they do. Well, and I think from what I've seen as I've been in the gym as well, that you're not going to have a problem looking next to you and finding someone who has accomplished what you're trying to accomplish too, to get advice from that person. Like you said, the tribe uh, of people that are there. I love people that without a word being spoken can step up, see someone's going to struggle with their next rep on a bench, just walk right behind and spot them. That's the kind of place that we've got. Zero click, everybody's friends. I, I don't want to turn this into an office commercial at all, but if anybody was to go to the Facebook page uh, and look at our reviews and the gym, they're stellar. I am so proud of the reviews. And they're, they're not about the equipment. They're about the people up and down the line. Nice people, welcoming people, inclusive people, had a great time, can't look forward to the next, next workout. That's the thing that just makes me so happy. I've been to so many gyms. I've been working out for 30 years. I have never been to such a socially inclusive, supportive place as I am right now. And I just happen to own the place. I don't know what I did. I, I could not even name the secret sauce. It's just Highland. These people are amazing. So... If you're at all in any way worried that you're going to be intimidated at a gym, guys wearing, um, you know, string tank tops, yeah, you'll see it. And you'll also see a big old smile and a welcome as well. So come on in. So I know you're coming up on your one year anniversary. Is that correct? We actually just had it. So Saturday, uh, two days ago was my uh, one year anniversary. So November 1st, we've been in business one year. The percentage of businesses that don't even make it that far, I'm, I'm sure I don't have to tell you. It might be my 
closest to, to like a breakdown I've ever had. One day, everything's going great. Day two, oh, I'm going to fail. Day three, everything's going great. So yeah, it's been a ride. We have a lot of our listeners that, you know, they want to hear about local businesses and that's what we're, we're trying to do here on the Voices of Highland is just highlight local businesses. But we also have a large majority of our listeners that are business owners themselves. What would you say has been your biggest struggle for this first year as you've been starting to build this business and kind of get everything going? So it, it's a struggle that I knew I was going to struggle with. So I had a friend, he's got a, a business out in Nevada, and he told me many times that it's going to take three times as long. It's going to cost three times as much. It's going to be three times the struggle you think it is. Okay. No matter what you think it is, it's going to be three times as hard. If you set a marketing budget, it's going to cost you three times as much. If you think you're going to sign up X number of members, it's going to be one third of X amount of members you're actually going to get. I knew it going in and the reality still stuns me sometimes that that's what it takes. The first three months out the gate, because again, we opened in November. So the prime time for a gym is that November, December, January, February that I opened right in time for that big rush. Woo, the projections were good. It was just awesome. I was already looking at expanding. Oh boy, you know, have I have I hit it off here? And then suddenly you lose 40% of your members because summer hits and the kids want to play baseball and they're the kids are overscheduled and there's a family vacation and blah, 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 blah. So three times as hard, three times as much, three times as long. That's been the struggle. And I think every entrepreneur is probably shaking their head right now. Like, yeah, that's pretty much how it was. So what would you recommend uh, other than obviously consistency, you know, getting up every day, doing the work every day? Um, what else would you recommend for someone who's in that first year of their business? Get your finances in order. Have the finances for a worst case scenario, have a backup plan, you know, and it's just a backup plan. You still got to put your eggs, all your eggs in that one basket and watch that basket. It's the only way to do it. But you have a backup plan. Forget about spending time with the family for a little while. Forget about a family vacation. Forget about your friends. Forget about going out and having fun. You got to dedicate. You know, if you're putting a lot of money into a business, a lot of time, a lot of love, you know, all of your heart and soul, you got to sacrifice. If you think it's going to be freedom and if you think it's going to be, I'm going to have all this extra time, uh-uh. You know, you're going to be, you're going to be worrying about, are the restrooms clean? You know, is there enough toilet paper in the restroom? You're going to be worrying about, you know, is it going to be raining? Is the parking lot going to be flooding? You know, so do I have plenty of umbrellas ready to go? It's just crazy the things you're going to have to be thinking about. So again, if, if somebody walked up to me and said, hey, I'm going to open a flower shop in Highland, take three times as long, make sure your money's set aside, recognize that whatever your other skill is, you might have to pick up a second job to make it work, but just work your butt off. Yeah, I think it's real easy to assume that, I'm going to start this business and then before you know it, I'm going to franchise it out and I'm going to have 20 locations. And then you realize that that can happen certainly, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in the first year. What is the most rewarding part of, of owning alphas and having your own business now that you've been at it for a year? And well, you picked a good time to answer that question because again, I just had my one year anniversary and it's sort of, you've got to go through that reflection process a little bit. You know, how did it go? You know, are you happy? Would you do it again? And you said, what's the most rewarding part of it? I've had some amazing conversations over the last year. Way back at the beginning, I talked about projecting. I'm not a guy that, that talks about his emotions. I'm not a guy that shows feelings. I can't tell you the last time I cried. It's probably been 30 years. 
But when people come in and they open up about their struggles because it's the fitness industry and what weight loss means to them and how they're going through a divorce and all the problems that they've got and why they come to the gym. Oh my gosh, the conversations I've had. People have, have walked into my office and just broken down and we're not friends, but you comfort and you listen and you tell them it's going to be okay, you know, and you tell them to go get their therapy and you tell them to keep going and you tell them it will get better. I can say that's the most rewarding thing. Again, I, I've lived in Trenton for quite some time. You know, I usually worked out of my house doing sales, all that before I opened the gym. That kind of human connection, I can't remember the last time I really had with strangers. I remember a time in my life where it would be more interesting to talk to a hobo at a bus stop than it would be to small talk at a network gathering, where you talk to that guy like, where did your life go wrong? What would you do again? Those were meaningful, deep, meaty conversations but for the last many, many years, it's been small talk. How's the business? How are sales? How are projections? Are you going to hit ARR? What's going on? Okay. Just nonsensical, non-meaning conversations. It's been so long. So again, to get to know my members, to get to know why they're there, to hear the stories. Um, so many moms out there with kids with special needs, and they're just on thin ice. Like, I had no idea. You know, there's... There's people with body dysmorphia. They couldn't look any better. And to them, they feel 40 pounds overweight. It's so amazing hearing this stuff. So again, that it's been a lot of times I go home and then I sit on the couch. I sort of reflect like, wow, there's some really different human things going on right under our noses that we never realize. And of course, I don't want to segue into this. Then you hear all this, the crazy stuff on social media People are racist, you know, people are this, people are that. You have no idea what's going on with people. All this surface nonsense that's just driving me crazy right now. Trump supporter, Trump hater, it, it doesn't matter. Conservative, liberal, you have no idea how human we are, how similar we all are. The people that have broken down in my office, they're as different on the outside as you can be. And we're all crying about the same thing. We're all worried about the same thing. It's, it's shocking to me when I really sort of put it together. So Travis, what is your background uh, with boxing? I mean, what brought the boxing into part of the gym? You talked about you were into the, obviously the good old fashioned weightlifting, lifting heavy weight, that kind of thing. But was boxing always a part of that or how did that influence come in? Oh Lord. <laughs> boxing happened. Um, so my, my ex-wife, who I still, we're still super good friends, love her dearly. When I was married, we were driving in Swansea, and this is back in the days of the tough man competitions with Butterbean and all that, where just, you know, country bumpkins would show up in a bar and then put on boxing gloves and wail on each other back in those days. So we're driving around in Swansea, and this bar had a, a big old marquee sign that said, uh, tough man fight tonight or something like that. And I'm just driving along, minding my own business, and my wife turns to me, she says, you couldn't do that. What? So... Needless to say, I, I gave it a shot. I, uh, I went in whatever time of the evening it was supposed to be. I ended up winning the thing. I fought three fights, won them all, so I, I won the event. And then it gets in your head like, well, heck, I can fight. You know, it just I must be a great fighter. I just won this local tough man thing in Swansea, Illinois. So I must be, woo, I'm a badass. Well, then, by complete random coincidence, just life sort of just falls in exactly the right way. I had a buddy at the gym I was working out with. We'd been friends for a long time. And he had uh, a fight scheduled in that big um, Guns and Hoses event in St. Louis the night before Thanksgiving. 
every single year. He had a fight. It was all lined up. He'd been training for at least three, four months, however long it had been. Uh, he's training his heart out, training, 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 gets a severe ankle twist. Just turned his ankle crazy. He's 100% out of the fight. Now, when things like this happen, it's not just that he's out of a fight. He has an opponent that's out of the fight, too. There's no time to reschedule. They're not going to find a match or anything like this. And I want to say, you know, it, it was just slightly more than a week before the event. Okay. So I was about the same age, about the same weight. Um, you know, I had just fought in that tough man competition. So he sort of put my name out as, you know, Hey, why don't you take my place? You know, you can do this. And so I, I, first things first is that you have to be a cop or a firefighter or a first responder or a military or something like that to be able to participate. So I went over to Trenton to the Sugar Creek fire department and the captain at the time I sort of presented my predicament. He says, no, no, go have a great time, go fight. So they accepted me. Now, again, I'm the guy that just won the big Swansea competition. Woohoo! I'm a badass. Okay. I walked into the ring, went to my corner, the bell rung, and this deputy sheriff from Wichita proceeded to kick my butt up and down the ring. In fact, that's not even true. I never even left my corner. He took three big giant steps across the ring and just pummeled me the whole time. I've never been so out of my element in my entire life. Now, here's where an alpha steps up. Okay. I lost the fight. My, my face is a purple mess. I'm sitting up in the stands as tired and beaten and broken with my nice second place plaque in my arms as you can be. And I said, Oh, I'm going to figure this out. I am not, I'm going to figure this out. So I, I was lucky enough to, to find a great coach. His name's Johan Schlager. He uh, fights and coaches out of Belleville boxing. Currently um, back in the day, he was a live right fitness center when I found him. Uh, he was doing Saturday morning boxing classes, and I just kind of wandered in one day, and, and uh, he took me under his wing a little bit. And it started with fitness classes, just the same boxing fitness classes that I offer today at Alpha's is very much built upon what Johans did back in the day for me. I got my cardio in shape. I got my defense in shape. I learned what boxing was really about. And I might have mentioned it before that boxing is a skill. Good skills take time. Johans was nice enough to work with me, to get me to progress a little bit. And then, again, it's a Live Right Fitness Center. They don't have a boxing ring or boxing anything. They just had some of those uh, freestanding bags on the floor, Wave Masters, I think they called them back then. Uh, well, he handed me off to Knuckles. Knuckles is a sparring gym out in Venice, Illinois. Terry and his son Ryan, they own Knuckles. Uh, it's an actual sparring gym where they've got the ring and they got the spit buckets and it's that, that boxing gym that people think about with Rocky, you know, with the mops on the floor and the sweat and it's an old and stuff like that. Um, well, they got me my, uh, my first couple of fights. Uh, I think I went one and two, you know, the next three fights. And then I found myself back on that guns and hoses circuit. Not just the one in St. Louis, but there's actually a national circuit Dallas, New Orleans, Monroe, California, Madison Square Garden. It, it goes all the way around. And when you have time to fight, you sort of like throw your name out there. Like, hey, if you need somebody, I'm 200 pounds. I'm, you know, 40, whatever back in the day. Uh, I'd be happy to go fight. And if you get a matchup, great. You go fight. If you're not, well, then, you know, better luck next venue. So fell in love with boxing, not just because of the people involved. You know, people who can fight are a different kind of people you know, they're, they're not the people that cause problems or the people that solve problems. It's your knuckleheads that don't box are the ones that are mouthy and stupid. But I knew when it came time to open a gym, 
because of all the weight loss from me boxing, from all the confidence from me boxing, my fitness level was off the charts, uh, that it absolutely had to be part of that vision. In fact, it was never even a question. It's like, it was just there. When I, when I saw alphas in my head, it was lifting and boxing. It was that exact thing. I mentioned before, whatever your dream gym would be, everybody listening right now, if, you know, maybe it has a hundred treadmills in it with a hundred TVs, whatever your vision is, God bless you. Mine was lifting and boxing. So what, what other hobbies do you have? <laughs> At the moment, nothing. I have no hobbies right now. My, it, it goes back to what I said before, that if, if you open a business, you know, I'm, I'm, come, I'm staring 50 dead in the eye right now. This is not the time to make a mistake with your money. It's, it's not, not a time to be stupid. Please believe me, I, I expect to make a living off of the gym. You know, in, in no way am I going to be moving into like a closet to live or it's nothing like that. Uh, but, but you've got to absolutely just work. So uh, there's no time for hobbies. My, my girlfriend has been so understanding about, you know, no, I'm not coming over tonight. You know, no, I'm not doing this. No, I'm not doing that. You know, she, she totally gets it. Uh, she lives all the way out in Carlisle and there's a nice gym out there that she's been going to, but just so we can spend time together, she does her workouts now at Alpha's just so we could be in the same room at the same time. Now it's not going to be like that forever. We all know that, you know, there's going to come a time where, you know, I'll start hiring front desk people, you know, and then I'll have some free time. Um, some people to handle sales, some people to handle marketing that's down the road. I'm not going to rush it you know, when it makes sense financially, boy, any, any bandwidth that I have for a hobby, I'm looking for new boxing drills. That's the hobby. You know, I never took a physical education class, a kinesiology class. I guarantee most college students are more knowledgeable about biology and physical education than I am, but I've got 30 years of experience to back up my opinions. I'm trying to try and learn now. So if I find free time, I'm learning the difference between stupinate and pronate in any particular kind of lift. I'm following those influencers on Darby, on Muscles and Fitness. I'm watching bodybuilder.com videos to pick up new ways of deadlifting. What's a Romanian deadlift? You know, what's a straight American deadlift? What is CrossFit doing these days? So my hobby, I can honestly say, is probably alphas. So Travis, it sounds like this gym is your passion. It's obviously what you were called to do. Did you ever have any kind of jobs uh, growing up that were anything as exciting as this? <laughs> yes. So, um, I, uh, I flunked out of college. Uh, I think I was like 20 years old. I went to Fresno state university for a year and a half. I didn't pass a single class. Um, Hey moms, don't let your kids, don't let your kids join fraternities. That's, that's all I can say on the subject. But what I did was, um, back in the day, you didn't have to be 21 years old to bartend. You could be 18. So I, I started bartending. Uh, and one thing led to another. My dad was in the military uh, I would be going back and forth to Hawaii quite a bit. So uh, bartending at different resorts, going back and forth to California. I had a lot of fun doing that. Well, I met this guy um, that was from Dallas and we just hit it off and he was going back to to manage, you know, a business. And I ended up just moving into the guy and we were both bartending and doing our thing. Well, Dallas is not that far from New Orleans in, in the Dallas Morning News newspaper. Again, this is the 1980s. Uh, there was an ad looking for bartenders down um, in the French Quarter. So my roommate and I, my buddy, we look at each other. Let's let's go do this. So we throw some stuff in a car. We drive down to New Orleans, nowhere to stay, just backpacking literally into Bourbon Street. Uh, he finds a job the first place he talks to you. I find a job the first place he, I went to, Cat's Meow. If everybody knows where Cat's was, that's... That's where I was bartending. So we basically, we slept in the liquor room. We took showers with a garden hose on the roof. And, and it was a great week, just a fun week. 
Well, as I was leaving, we got breakfast at a hotel and this casino, um, gosh, I'm blanking on the name. What was the name of that place? Oh, I can't remember. The very first casino, they were having a dealer's um, application, like apply to be a casino table games dealer in the hotel. And I thought, well, what's this? So I just wander over and they give you a, a math test and they give you a colorblind test and before I left, they said, hey, well, if you want to do this, you know, we'll teach you how to deal dice. So I look at my roommate. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going back to Dallas. There was an apartment complex just right there. I took my big pile of cash that I got from bartending that whole week for Mardi Gras. And I walked over and I got an apartment and I got some furniture. And a couple of days later, I'm, I'm learning how to deal dice. One thing led, leads to another. That casino closed like in six weeks. It just closed right away. But the people that taught me how to deal dice and deal cards, I had such a good relationship with. They hired me to start teaching other casino dealers at other casinos how to deal. So I moved all over the place. We would go for probably about 10 weeks. We'd have a dealer school for a new casino coming up. And then we'd stay three, four, five, six months, making sure the casino is working right, that all the table games dealers are doing their thing. And then we would just go to the next one. What a hoot. Those 20s, you could not ask for a more fun, irresponsible, high paying way to live if you had drawn it up. I was in the casino business during the day, bartending at night, tons of fun. I now had the philosophy that nothing matters until you're 30 years old. You can screw up as much as you want in your 20s until you're 30. Life doesn't really matter is sort of my small back of the napkin philosophy now because of how I got things to happen. All right. So for those people who uh, have been listening to the episode and they're interested in finding out more about the gym, where do we want to point them uh, to go get more information or even to get in touch with you? I would say Facebook. So if they, they've just typed Alpha's Gym uh, into Facebook, it's it's honestly not hard to find. Google will get you there, obviously, as well. Um, uh, it's it, I'm kind of embarrassed about my website. I'm actually a better webmaster and I'm better at web design than I show on that thing. I, I just, nobody goes there. I've got the traffic count. Everybody goes to Facebook. You know, the traffic count to my website is so small that I'm just, there's no point in making it razzy and nice. I throw up the class schedule and that's pretty much it that's there. If people want to see the fun videos and the fun interactions and that tribe element and see all the cool stuff and watch videos and see pictures and all of the fun things that are going on the gym every day, definitely go to Facebook. Uh, I'm sitting here and one of the first things Frank asked me is what happened to your chin? Well, we were sparring Sunday. My chin is all marked up right now. If you want to see the sparring, the videos are up. Okay. There was some excellent sparring, a lot of them from brand new people. It's fun to watch brand new people spar, you know, how they get gassed, how their defense crumbles. You know, it's just, it's an entertaining thing. We're always putting up stuff like that. Um, so one of my members, I don't want to drop his name, uh, just hit a PR deadlift of 585. That video's up. Seeing somebody deadlift 585 pounds that lives here in Highland is worth a watch. So definitely kind of cruise through. And then it, it hasn't been part of this podcast, but uh, Frank and I had similar backgrounds in software sales in a sense. Back in the day when I was in software sales, I just posted two gag videos that I made that I sent to existing customers back then that to me are hilarious. You may not find them quite so hilarious, but I think they're just funny as heck. That's on the Facebook page. So again, for that tribe element, you don't make it you know, hey, eat a banana every day. Hey, be motivational every day. Hey, find your center every day. That's boring. You know, just you want to put out fun content of members being awesome. That's what's on the Facebook page. 
with us with the escape room at Bailout Escape Rooms, by far the most interesting part is when somebody comes to the room and they either make it or don't make it. And we have a picture of that and the family gets tagged on Facebook and all the friends are making comments. There's so much more interaction there than uh, just like you, the, the website is pretty much just where we have the calendar to book a game. Everything else is happening on the Facebook page. So, but it's, it's a, because it's an escape room, you can't do it, but I would love to know things like where were they most stuck, but you can't give it away. You can't give yeah. it away that way. But I would love to like the, how did they solve X problem? You don't want them to know that X problem is even fact is in there somewhere. Yeah, but we d I will say we do have some awesome conversations when they come out, you know, because they want to know how, how they could have done this better, how they could have done that. So we still have those discussions and we have that good time. Unfortunately, we can't post it, but the family still take it with them. Do you guys have a time record yet? Is that anything your keepers are? Uh, we do have uh, what the fastest times were. I don't have it with me here, but yeah, we do have that. We chose not to post that because uh, we didn't want it to be a negative, but we do share it if people ask when they're playing the game. Oh, if alphas come to your escape room, we want to know what that damn number is. Yeah, so what we do for that with competition, if we have, say, two groups uh, that come from your gym and there's eight people and eight people, we'll let the first group go, and then the other group can hang out in the party room, you know, bring in food, drinks, whatever they want to do. They can hang out, then they swap, and then the second group goes. So when they're finished, they've both went through the room. They both understand what all the puzzles and everything were, so they are able to have good communication and razzing and all that about who did best in the game. We have had a few people ask if we could put a monitor up in the party room so that they could watch uh, the other team going through <laughs> once they've been done. And then just keep it turned off if they haven't been through yet. Right, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, maybe down the road. That's not a bad idea. We've also had some pretty good offers uh, that if we could record it and then sell the recording to the other team. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see how things go. All right. So what if somebody wants to come in, they're going to check out the Facebook page, but if, if somebody decides they're ready to go, they just, should they just come on up to the location and meet with you? Well, we're, we're a 24 seven gym. So members can come anytime. Um, I try and be around from like nine to seven every day, you know, but sometimes I want to go play with the dogs. You know, sometimes I just got to go do something. So I'm not in there. Anytime I'm not there, the door is locked and it's just, there's no one around to help. The phone number that you can get on Facebook and the phone number on the door uh, would probably be a good idea. Hey, I'm going to drop by at lunch. You know, can someone show me the gym, show me around, talk to me a little bit? Yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll hundred percent be there. Um, I've had, you know, some really crazy times. In fact, it was just two weeks ago, I think 10 PM on a Sunday, somebody was getting off second shift or it was third shift at Beeline. Um, yeah, of course I'll be there. Yeah. You want to, you want to see the place and get your, your fitness journey started? Heck yeah, I'm going to be there. So, uh, the first workout's always free. The first class is always free. Please don't think that you've got to pay and then try a class or pay and then try a workout. First one's always free. And then what about, I, there's no contracts, right? How does all that work if somebody does want to sign up? Oh, buddy, I've been chased by stupid gold gyms so many times. Contracts were the rage in the 80s and the 90s. Every gym you ever went to, you know, had a one-year, two-year contract or what it was. And if you move within 50 miles, 50 miles is a giant circle you don't realize. But I would. I would go from Savannah to Kansas City to New Orleans to Dallas to wherever. You know, of course, I'm outside the 50 miles. They would chase you like crazy. So I had more bill collectors, more people annoying me. In fact, the first house I ever bought, I had to stupid pay off this gold gym contract from back in the day that was still hanging out or I couldn't get a loan. I will never have a contract. And I, I hate gyms that have contracts. It just, it, it, it's such a nonsensical 20 year old way of doing business. You know, 
if you're doing a good job, if they like your gym, they're not going to leave. And if they have to leave, there's a medical emergency, there's something going on and they simply can't work out anymore. If you're still taking their money, you're a douchebag. So that's how I feel. All right, Travis. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's really been a great time here talking with you. And if anyone wants to check out Alphas, they can do that here in Highland through the Facebook page like we talked about. Thanks for coming on. Hey, I, I just want to say thank you. Um, it's it's always fun, like I said, having these media conversations with people uh, that you're meeting for the first time. So anytime you want to just drop by, let's have lunch or something like that. Uh, I bet we've got stories we can send back and forth for hours and hours and hours and uh, we're friends now. So whatever you want to do, just come on in. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed it. Have a great day. Thank you.